take two. <laughs> Got it. Dancing a tango with life, like having yeah. two steps forward, one step back, and and this this and you just described why I said I feel sad because I lost so much time because I see myself mostly the stuff I did because I was complying to my parents because I knew I don't want to do this and then my father always said well just do it then you made an experience but I don't want to make this experience I just made make it for you so that you shut up and leave me alone yeah because everything else I do uh you shit in your pants and I yeah. I'm too afraid that you shit in your pants because you're my father and then I might lose you because you're so much, you have so much fear and you have no tools. Because I'm the one who can give you the tools, but it's, it's weird. Somehow I, I did that also as a child, but at the same time, I was also like, like then there's this fear game going on. Oh my God, my father has fear. What am I going to do now? <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. Like all the things I'm strong, like all the things right now that with this apartment and I notice I have more contact to my father right now. And I notice we have so many, so many same experience actually. And I feel like I'm standing at the same door right way like he did when he was 30. And, and the message I get from him is, Just betray yourself and do it. Just betray yourself. Just betray. And then that's the message because that's what he did to survive. Uh, still, now he's saying No, that no, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm yeah, hearing from what he's sharing. He not it's not he's not saying it directly. It's more But like, in the now, I I was just wondering if it was in the now or when you were a child. When I was a child and also now, like not now now but three weeks ago i think this is so this really touches me and this is so important in the sense i think so many people do this the just betray yourself and then find a way to everything that's you feel no mm. eat a lot of chocolate alcohol a lot of work yeah a lot of work That's that's what it's in my family, working, 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 working. And high blood pressure, though, because of all the anger. But I don't want... I also to have the experience of kind of... <laughs> I, I, I don't want to fill the space with family stories for, for me. Go ahead, Nicole. I also have the experience of the other the other way it can go where where the message can be just do what you want to do you can do what you want to do and so I do what I want to do and then then the res the response from outside of me and inside of me is you did it wrong you did a you didn't do it right you you should have known better and it comes back to this you should have known what you couldn't know mm -hmm. and And this is such a setup for grief. And yet then we feel the shame and hold our grief in maybe. And then end up in this tighter loop. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm actually doing something radically different, I'm still in this loop of I'm, I should know better. I should already have done better. Yeah. And then it's like self-rejection, no? Yeah. If you should have known what you didn't know, then it's like, how the fuck do you make sense of that? Like, okay, that must mean I, that must mean I'm, I suck. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, for me, it's like, I feel like I have the anger and then, because, but there's also fear then, or something else that I just don't go for it. And then after I, I, As you said, I reject myself. Are you? Yeah. And I feel like that's why, why I have so much grief. Like because of all the years. I think this is how the. 
and for me, I've noticed that this is how the grief like washes the anger away or keeps the anger from being stronger. And my sense is that when I've been in these, these places also where I'm making a shift out of something into something new mm. and the grief that I have about how it's gone and how I beat myself up for how it's gone, it's like it puts out my anger to get going. And then like you describe this elastic band where it's like, you know, I want to go, but something's holding me back. Mm -hmm. And one of the kind of ways that I'm experimenting is that I'm letting myself find out what I there is to grieve about so that I can have that like the water level go down, the grief level go down, the water be like, like let out of the bathtub. And then I can have my fire, I can have my anger, and I can have my go, and I can have my clarity and my yes, no, choose, do the things. This is yeah, like how often when you grew up did you get to go until the end of your grief, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So and this is what I've discovered about grief is that when I go to the end of my grief, I find this place to push off from. Mm. And it's it is the the feeling of it is the anger when the anger starts to be able to build and get hotter and more intense than fuel mm. cool i like that i love that image find something to push off from yeah, it's like, make that into a quote with your name under it yeah totally and i i remember i had this a lot when i like from all the stuff happening as a child with all the people dying and stuff in my family. And then it's really like I had wings and I could still feel that. And I could like, I had not, I couldn't like really take off and was all, all the time like pulling down, more down and down and down. And then I was in depression as a teenager and stuff because of all this, it feels like a clump. And the other day, I, I I actually told my mother that I feel sad because because what I wish from from her that that she's just saying yes, do that. If you want to do that, do that. And she said, I can't do this, Christine. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was so honest, but I was also it was I also was so sad because. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'd like to just repeat in the space what I said before we started recording, because mm -hmm. it was so delicious to say it in a herd space. It's <laughs> dynamic. So uh, let's see if I can do it. Maybe you can also help me if I'm missing something. Um, so about that, the there's this painfulness about, yeah, about the, the grief. Hmm. You talked about the thorn in the spine. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So the thorn is about doing something. Yeah. Doing something we didn't want to do. And then there's like this disgust about justifying that it happened that way. Um, by saying, oh, yeah, but I learned something from it. Because that feels like, you know, putting a tap, like a lid on, on a something because often by people that didn't know how to hold space for feelings, they tried to manipulate me out of my disappointment by saying, oh, but look, now that we didn't go to the party, we got to see ducks on the way home or, you know. Um, and so there was this disgust and this like twistedness in my solar plexus about, you know, being invited to treat myself that way. And then later when, for example, I studied something for four years that I didn't want to be studying and I knew it from the right beginning, there was this little voice that said, but I don't want to. Yeah. And then I did it fucking anyway. And that's what makes me angry. And I think inside there's sadness and fear that I forsaked my, um, my authenticity with myself, I guess. Um, Yeah, because I didn't have the tools 
to to create something different i was afraid to um, to create something new that was like really scary i think is that what i said mm. um yeah and i know that then later i don't know what to do around this minefield of things because because if I feel the anger of not having listened to the anger that I had, it's so huge that I don't know what to, where to go with the anger. It's so much energy and I don't know how to direct it or like my story is like, maybe I would need to, I, I feel like that would be a thing. I don't want to do that as by myself or in an individual process. I would like to be a group for that because it's such a massive collective thing to not listen to ourselves and then to find so many ways to justify not listening to ourselves, you know, like religion and God said this. So, you know, shut up and, Oh yeah, no, but I have to be a nice mother. Oh yeah. I have to be a good child, blah, blah. And so, so many fucking, like, it's so huge. Like the constructions that we've built, like energetically through the whole world and physically and whatever um, to justify not listening to ourselves and to basically almost ridicule this voice or just annihilate its annihilate its value um and its credibility and that's like an attack on self it's like undermining yourself before everything else like giving everything else more credibility than something inside and as i say this i even sense the thing in, in me like of course, why would you believe something in yourself? Like, you know, there's no scientific proof or whatever. Like, that's selfish as well. Like, you're individualistic. Like, you're a little bit like, you know, you think you know things. Like, of course you find answers outside. of That's what school's for. Like, I see how it's inside of this thought where or whatever it is. Yeah, and my curiosity is like what is this is it like the archetypal is it like archetypal anger of like wanting to create what you're here to create for and seeing all these moments that you didn't and that you turned away from it is it just that or just that or is it also my gremlin beating me up why would he be doing that and and is it that i have too high expectations of life and then i set myself up for disappointment am i being too uh, expecting wanting to expect too much from life and then when I say that I'm like of course of course I should be expecting things from life like why not isn't it cool to expect things and then make them work <laughs> uh, as in isn't it cool to come here and oh yeah I remember I said like, like we come with expectations and that and we don't get met and that's where the drama begins and the pain and that's also your motor to look for things I think pain is part of life it's not it's not about deleting the causes of pain so this is a lot and I wonder yeah mm. oh, I, I'd love to put this into the creation of something for me for me it's all of it what you said like all but mostly archetypal anger and then my gremlin is really doing that because to protect me because it's like yeah it feels like this thing of really having my gremlet on a leash so he can give me the feedback that it works in a way by by creating stuff with me but i feel the why i don't listen to this listen listened in the past to this tiny voice is because there was no also no feedback for it that it works in a way. No evidence? No evidence, yeah. But this, yeah, but also victim story. Maybe I didn't try enough. I, I don't remember so much, but yeah. And also what I what came to me when you when you shared is that there's even something that you listen to yourself telling the story about why you can't do this and 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 still do it like don't get coming out of the construct of having reasons 
because it's 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 like a, it's it's so good shaped up this whole construct it's scary to go out of the construct yeah and and but like that i would find i would ask i would talk to everybody and hope that they would tell me to stop studying but then if they would tell me i would actually freak out and not dare to do it anyway mm. is that what you were referring to yeah i was referring to that that you told you said that there that we built so many constructs around why we can't Uh, follow this anger from our self or what we do want to do like stories and reasons and and I I also had this moment when I saw myself from the outside listening to the story I told why I can't do this to myself but not being able to get out of the construct mm -hmm. mm. this is where I think like conscious fear really comes in mm. Notice that when I when I get to a part of whatever construct I'm in, where I stop, it, it it's as if the mechanism for stopping is that fear comes up and I don't even listen to it. I just stop. And my new thing to do is to be like, oh, what stopped me? This fear. What do you have for me? Like. You, I'm scared because if I keep going, this might happen or that might happen. And then I can be like, oh, thank you. That's great information. I'm going to use that to build my next steps so that so that I can get out of the construct. And, and, and yet this is still so new to me to even notice that I'm very scared rather than just stopping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or fear equals go away from something, and and That's often and, and often the fear is saying, "Oh, I feel scared going into that because," and that's what gives me the information to go into it, instead of just automatically going away from it. Super cool. <laughs> This should be an article. <laughs> Also, the distinction between like the clarity about that the construct is in me. It's actually not out there. Mm. And I so often relate to the construct as if it's outside of me when actually it's inside of me because really uh, there's yeah. nothing stopping me from doing anything except me. Like the construct is in me that is stopping me and if, and this. Yeah, that's why the, the, the fear is such a valuable resource to to find out how to go, even though the construct maybe still exists, so that I can find out that something else is possible. Yeah, it's totally true. Like because okay, some there are circumstances that make shit really hard, um, like you know migration laws or stuff like that that they just don't let you be somewhere and. If you then stay, then you have like these really shitty legal consequences and stuff. But like a lot of stuff doesn't really matter unless it's also in you. Even if it's a thing out there, if it's not in you, then it doesn't matter. And I can totally, I can totally see it because this whole COVID pandemic, like if I look at things that are going on, it's so weird. And it's really affecting me very little because I Don't, I'm not with a construct inside. Also a lot because I've been in other places like Mexico or in communities where it really doesn't exist as a thing that people are focusing their attention on all the time. Mm. Yeah, COVID has given this amazing like experiment to be in of really noticing what I think is stopping me from the outside when it's really what's stopping me from the inside. And I, yeah, I, I, similar experiences from, from before COVID happened kind of warmed me up to be able to have this clarity that's like, oh, no matter what the government says or what, like it really only matters when someone's at a doorway saying, unless you show me this, you cannot go through. Mm. And, and otherwise, otherwise, and then I have the choice to get the thing I need to show or not. And, and then consider what other doorways I might be able to get through with 
without the thing they want me to show. No, and you know how there's sometimes like these super not in your possibilities. Like I'm just imagining, like in France, they might be um, having like a, you need a pass, but only a vaccine pass. You can't show a test anymore. Like you would have to be vaccinated to use any type of facility. So then stuff starts getting more extreme, you know. But if it was about having to pay for tests all the time, like then you could start some kind of campaign that people give you money so you can do tests or something like this. Like I'm, I'm thinking of uh, there was this, if you have an album that's listened to ten thousand times on Spotify, then you get money, and so or then you get paid or, or there was an album that wasn't allowed on the radio. I don't know, but then there was this band, that, there was some legal shit, and then what they did was they uploaded a full album of Silence. And then they asked all their friends, you know, to have it on for 24 hours a whole week. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, they, I don't know, got onto the radio or I don't know. There was some funny thing. And um, yeah. That's genius. Yeah. Wow. You just play their album on repeat over and over all the time if you don't want anything else to be playing. Yeah. And that kind of stuff is only possible like outside of a certain construct. Mm. Inspiring. Yeah, for me, I really, I really went, I guess, all in with all the COVID stuff. And at the same time, it like was only in online spaces when it came to what my what myself or my inner part wanted so it was a very big mirror where I don't try to judge myself like thinking or oh, I'm not as far as the other ones or this is actually my inner construct like living in this prison like school prison still <clears throat> yeah that was very hard to see also being confronted all the time with having t other teachers controlling me or the kids now controlling me because they grow up with this construct no matter what I say or do. Um, that is very hard for me to see that I also have that insight. Yeah. Especially yeah, Berlin would very harsh here. Very harsh world. Yeah. Yeah, and like bringing it into the construct that's in you that that says that other people can control you. Yeah, but no, they can, but it's still outside. It's visible outside, so it must be also inside me in a way. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's a great way to know what constructs are inside me or to notice the ones that I experience as outside me because they... Mm -hmm can't be out there if I don't have them in here and and also then like Naomi was saying like there are constructs out there there's there are there are things happening outside of us that we can't just breeze through it just because we want to but then there are these fascinating stories I've heard of of people who you know they wanted to go where they wanted to go and and it it even looked to them as if they might not be able to get through the doorway like onto the plane or whatever without a vaccine passport but they they just wanted to go so much they used their fear i think maybe unconsciously to to do what they could and like i had a friend who they didn't even ask for her vaccine passport or her test results yeah it's happened to me too she, i think and she just she just went, she just got on the plane. She could hardly believe it. She just tried. Yeah. And, and I was in a similar position where I could have just tried, but something said no inside of me, don't do it. And, and so I didn't do it. And then my gremlin beat me up for not trying. But then, then the place that I would have ended up at, everyone there got well, not everyone, but most of the people there got COVID. So it was almost like that something that was saying no was was 
was maybe a little bit outside of me too. That's like, no, don't go there. You'll get COVID. I don't know if that's how, that's where that came from. Maybe this is my way of saying, oh, but you didn't get to go and you didn't get COVID. Yay. It's kind of that thing we were talking about earlier. But it sounds like for me now, it sounds like what you're saying is that you had a little voice and you listened to the voice. Yeah. And what happens when you do that is that you feel good about yourself. That's what I've found out. Like, you know, I stopped going to the possibility coaching training and and I have sometimes, you know, some emotional fear about it. And I'm afraid that I'm going to miss things that I want to be experiencing. And I I just have the satisfaction of like, there was this little voice that was telling me to stop going. And I procrastinated for two weeks and then I stopped going. And it feels good. And so then justifications just come because we have a habit of justifying things. You know, but yeah. I think it's something to do with like there are lots of little voices. Which one's the one to that is the one? And and even though I listened to this little voice, I still didn't get the consequence of like, oh, everything's okay because I listened to that voice until mm. some time had happened, until some like ripple effects had happened. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also that what type of for me it's that it's usually very very sure about the voice because it really comes from deep inside up and that's how I can distinguish that's okay that's what I really want and I have I have the same like what you said that when I when I follow it then that actually I I like it's great but then come the emotion about that I didn't have before these all these emotional fears and this is what's interesting because then these processes should actually be about to go through the emotional stuff to enhance the decision I made like this is this is actually the the push I was looking for as a child okay I made this decision because I felt it deeply that's what I want then there comes the emotion and then going through that with the help of my parents that I can enhance myself, like uh, my being. So, yeah. Sorry, Nicole, you want to say something? Yeah, I, I didn't <clears throat> quite get the clarity of that. And I also still got this, this thing that somehow about when the when it comes from this certain place where it, it's like this is i can't do anything but this like this is what is just that sometimes what ends up happening is that's how i get more doorways to emotions that are are further under my numbness bar or further in my underworld mm -hmm. and this is this has been mm, like almost the the evidence that i that i that it it took to help me identify more clearly that really small voice that is the one that it works to go with uh, that it makes other emotions from your underworld come up yeah yeah that i that i couldn't have accessed otherwise it seems mm. interesting so my view on it, on the little voice, is uh, until now, the it's a voice that comes with anger. It's a voice that comes, if I imagine, okay, I'm going to go. Yes, I'm going to go. I'm going to not go. No. <laughs> like, it's this, like, firm, just like, a, it's like a, and it doesn't have words. And I use that with, huh? Yeah, and I use that way of testing it too. When I'm not so clear, I'll like pretend that I chose this and I'll see what yeah. happens. And then I'll pretend that I chose this and I'll see what happens. And one of them is like, and, and, and maybe this is like the center, you know, this is when I have my center, my authority, it, it's almost as if it's made somehow of, of, of anger. 
where it takes anger to have it. I don't know which comes first. But if it comes from that very clear, solid place inside me, it, yeah, I can relate to it being about anger. Yeah. And also like letting all the emotional fears that come up like wash over you. Yeah. And then see if the, it's like, and then if the anger is still there, like, yeah, okay, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what made me decide go and see Bruno. Like I took a month for making the decision and I was just going around in circles of emotional fear and anger that I wanted to go and then doubting myself and being very clear about it when I talked to friends and completely unclear about it when I talked to Joaquin. And I just, the, the thing I observed was that, that I always kept coming back to the anger of like, no, I'm not going to stay here. Yes, I am going to go. Fuck, I'm really scared. I have to go. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm so happy we're having this conversation because this decision process stuff is such a big, lonely, um, scary, fear desert for me. Mm. Has been a long time. And I've always longed to make the decision process like a thing that you can, you know, how do you make a decision? Oh, okay. Like, and you just gave some like where it comes from and this kind of like really practical. I think this is another part of it for me because my parents, teachers, people in my childhood really couldn't hold space for me and what I wanted. I had to make so many decisions on my own and also when I did make a decision on my own and then I, it, it showed up in front of people, they'd often have all this judgment about it, all this fear. And so uh. that gave me this, this added layer of like being on my own about my decisions mm -hmm. and sometimes not even telling people about them because I didn't want their fearful feedback. And this is so new for me lately since becoming part of, you know, having so many more people in my world who are, can hold space for me instead of just suddenly like telling me what they think and um, that I'm bringing the possibilities that I'm considering to people and I'm saying, I think I want this and then they can hold space for that process. And finally, I have people who can hold space for my decision-making without turning it into their decision-making. Yeah, oh my God. Ah, it's so yeah. much. And it's so it, because you just said that again. What? Yeah. I feel so sad because Nicole just said that again about like having emotional fear of others added to my decision making and then not telling about my decisions. It's like this is this is actually the lockdown like for me <laughs> the whole time. Like um, that's why also this chaos in my head is constantly because I, I chose to not talk about my decision making. And yeah, and now that I have my center more and I'm in spaces with people who have their center more, mm. it's, it's like this whole new realm of possibilities is happening because, because I can share about things that are, that I'm, in the process of creating about what I want. And I can get the kind of feedback that really helps me distinguish more clearly what I want, rather than the kind of feedback that just, yeah, feeds these doubts and feeds this fear that makes me stop instead of you my fear to find my way more carefully and more, more carefully about what I do want too rather than like putting what i want like to the side or in the mm -hmm. garbage or and it's as if i'm catching up on all of these things that i have always wanted and finally being able to collaboratively create them rather than going it alone like this lone wolf thing for so long and what comes with it so much is the grief of having gone it alone for so long this like comes in and sometimes does put out the anger for a little while or get in the way of the anger. 
Yeah, what I want are spaces where I can just be sad without people giving me solutions. That a space holder is, has enough fear work to not go into their fear about, oh, I have, I have to direct the process right now so can, she can make a decision. Mm. Yeah, just the fear, just the sadness. Sadness is an ocean. Yeah. Like, an ocean is not a pool. An ocean is like really... Mm. Yeah. Like, I have to store, yeah. I mean, there's the story about astrology and my Aries is in Scorpio and I can feel that. If I don't go deep in the lake, I, I have to touch the ground. Like, I can feel that in my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't care if people say it's a story. And I noticed that most of my processes in PM that I did didn't really work because I went too quick to the to, to the decision and it just fed this part of me, which is my gremlin that wants to go there and, and hop over evolutionary steps and to the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. Hit rock bottom. That's our new <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where the only way is up. The, the, you're already writing the text, don't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> those cool metaphors, like one of them, one of the ways of movement that I love most mm-hmm. is taking a movement to its ultimate consequence when the only thing it can do at some point is like to come back. Or if I turn... And then at some point, you know, it starts pulling my pelvis and then my pelvis starts pulling my leg and then I don't have to construct it with my mind. Yes. And then it's organic and it's just the most ecstatic, delicious place to be. Yeah. Yes, and to find out if I, like, if I move from my bones, uh, there is a consequence of the sequence because my, my shoulder blade can only move in a certain way and then I have to have a counter thrust of the movement because I have another end. Like I have a tail and I have a head and I can, you know, and I can't just go out of my body when I have that. Like, <laughs> if I move from my bones, my movements have consequences. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that makes total sense with anger as well, no? Like, yeah, because anger lives in our bones. <laughs> I can tell that's just how it is. I remember when I was standing in the lab and we did this morning exercise and it was my turn and I wanted to do client technique with the trainers, which is about bones. And they said, this is not a class right now. And I felt so angry <laughs> because I just wanted to make a different kind of morning uh, exercise. <laughs> like, so rigid. Huh? So rigid. Yeah, it was like, and there again, I had to say the voice, just go, do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, mm. never mind. <laughs> oh, I have so many memories, so many memories of moments like that where, yeah, the, the, the people around me were bringing their construct of like, no, this isn't what this is for. This isn't what we're doing now. And I had this impulse of like, I want this to exist. And if there's not space here, like I, I didn't have the, if there's not space or time here, then I will create it here. And, and you made your own construct inferior to theirs, no? Yeah, it's, yeah, well, I because you I had, made myself small. Yeah, you made, like you had your construct that you wanted to bring in mm-hmm. and they said, no, this is the construct. And so you made your construct inferior and you let theirs like dominate or whatever. And it's also because the no, this is how it is, like the square context is a construct that you have in yourself as well. So it's basically in yourself, which one you let dominate. Yeah. And sometimes I lost the possibility of how many other possibilities there were, even in that moment. Like the difference between no, not now, but yes, in five minutes or 10 minutes or no, not in this room but maybe in that room over there like and it just it didn't occur to me because I was so I was giving my center away so much that that anger from my center I didn't have access to it yeah wow could you repeat the last sentence you had 
Ungerson. I was giving my center away so I didn't have access to the anger of my own center hmm. to, to choose to create with. And, and because of that, like I also chose then because of the child ego state to overwhelm myself instead of going to spaces with little or less people, I chose the experiment to go in front of the trainers, like 10 people and <laughs> tell them, okay, I want to do this now and then get like <laughs> feedback back. And that was, it's another counter thrust is making too much, too much, creating too much pullback energy. Mm, because you're going against the construct in yourself so very strongly and then you get a backlash from them. Yeah. Yeah. And that really sucks, right? Like, fuck. So then I have to stay here because the only way I know to how to get out is do a big counter movement, but that's like not balanced. So then I get that as a feedback. And then what is that? It's like being patient that you, I don't know, that you have to do child ego state decontamination. Like when you already see, like you said, when you already see that you're in the child ego state construct and you're trying to get out. And you can't do it in a balanced way. And then you get, so then what do you do if you're already seeing it? Like, like what I, what I chose was to comply because then there was also the layer that I, I didn't have enough information about something and I was in an, in an unknowing state, but I felt like I need to know what's going on to tell them. And then blah, was like, thing to explore but i actually just chose this example because it was a moment where i could really see that it's not really about the trainers but it's about the situation because there was enough space in between the spaces to see it like yeah and i experienced but i experienced the same when i'm in school like I'm standing there. I I want. I know I can do something differently, but it feels like like distorted matrixes going the same in the same time frame like this. And you try to catch a rope or something to go in the in between space, and then yeah, do something else. We still have 10 minutes and I would really love to be heard in something that I, I've been feeling, that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say in a parenthesis that I, and I've, I really feel bubbling. Um, I really feel bubbling to, to do, um, to offer feelings work to a broader audience. This thing that we actually talked about, um, Nicole, already earlier, I'm really starting to feel the call and the pull yeah. to yeah. do this. I really want to get it out there. So I, I wanted to say that, um, and I'm glad to see you do this. And yeah, I I feel co-creation energy somehow sitting here with you too. So maybe we could get back to that. Um, yeah. Do you want to say anything about that or, or do you want shall I share what I wanted to share? Can I quickly say something to that before you yeah. say? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I my my twinkle fingers came from yeah, this really this very clear centered place in me. I have so much anger. I want to create more pathways, more doorways, more processes, more maps that people can follow to get from being new at conscious feelings work to being able to hold space for emotional healing processes and to navigate as the one being held space for. And for me, this is so much about phase one of conscious feelings work, getting the numbness bar down, doing three, 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 learning completion loops and just using the maps, using the maps with other people who are new at it until they, wow, are doing full, full fledged emotional healing processes. And the possibility coach training is really showing me how possibility coaching is for people who can't yet do emotional healing processes or need something else, even though they can do them. So it fills in the gaps between giving possibility coaching to people is giving coaching to people who can't organize this work for themselves because they're new. 
it's some of it is is I've noticed wow I'm giving an, a, a possibility coaching right now because this person doesn't feel their feelings and they can't go into an emotional healing process just they can't use an emotion as a doorway because they don't even have those distinctions and then sometimes uh, possibility coaching happens with people who can do EHPs they're in territory where they they can't feel the feelings like they're up against their underworld and their numbness bar and it it's not that they usually can't it's just that right here right now they can't mm. and so I'm not so concerned about the people who can do emotional healing processes already they're they're rolling what I want is is to fill in this territory between people new to conscious feelings work distinctions to get to the territory where they can yes. do EHPs when there is exactly. a doorway. Me too. Yeah. And my talk on Monday, yesterday that I did, this emotional healing process dojo as a kind of like training space for all of that. But how do you get to the dojo? How do you how do you know that you even want to get to a dojo? What are the, you know, what are the what are the distinctions to pick up on your way to the dojo so that when you get there you can do emotional Very healing cool. processes you can still be in a dojo a physical or energetic dojo space practicing so that you can make good use of the full-on dojo space in the future and and you, you you have to get there by going there by by practicing with the maps by you know, going through the theory, getting the theory into the head and then practicing with the maps to get the, the distinctions further and deeper down so that then you have the matrix to either navigate and navigate with someone else from the outside. Yeah, and I'm so turned on about this. Yeah, and me I too. See, yeah, and especially the EHP dojo spaces, holding space for each other to me is what creates the glue that keeps communities and couples and friends together. Mm. And, and also that keeps the, the closeness happening even when they go into different partnerships or projects or teams. You still have this closeness existing in the energetic bodies and emotional bodies instead of having this like this break where, you know, you, you never talk to the person again or something. We don't want to. There's just so much more fluidity. It's yeah. so safe. It's so safe to, I've experienced this now with Bruno also, like, uh, or to, to be in a context of transformation creates safety. Because if you say a wrong word, then my fear, if I say a wrong word, is like, okay, now I've been rejected. Now it's over. Now that person is going to, you know, with our gremlin, they're going to decide that they can't be with me. And if we're in a concept of transformation, we don't pin each, other's da each other down on a behavior. And I've really noticed that, that if I know that someone else knows that I'm in constant transformation, then it's okay to fuck up because I'm not being rigid and I'm not going to be doing the same fuck up for the rest of my life. But I guess because I had a lot of people around me that because people tend to actually be a bit rigid or they seem never to change. Yeah. How is this distinct from, how is this distinct from contexts where fucking up is okay, but transformation doesn't really seem to be happening. Like it's like, there can also be a context of complacency and acceptance without the, without the integrity somehow that is required for transformation because i've been in spaces where it's okay for everyone to fuck up but people are just fucking up and fucking up and fucking up and it's okay yeah there's and it's not so about, there's yeah there's missing yeah Ooh, interesting how are you doing christina um, we're like firing away here huh sounds like you could even do your own possibility coaching training for people yeah it, it 
is kind of possibility coaching because it's the things that aren't EHPs yet. Aren't EHPs yet, or I don't know. I'm 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 wondering if it's less in the sense if it's going there, or if it's just different. Yeah, I mean it's the territory that comes before. Do I do an EHP or keep possibility coaching? Like do a mimetic construct discovery or something like that it's this territory here where you, the person doesn't really yet have the choice or know they have the choice to feel because they're still on the old map of feelings where just they don't let themselves feel mm. sounds like something like a bridge a bridge it is very much a bridge in it. and it's kind of the first part of the bridge mm. where maybe you get on the bridge and you end up one day at a bridge house and then you leave the bridge house and you're in next culture mm. on in all the bodies maybe this is like the mental emotional energetic end of the bridge and then the physical start stuff can really start I feel the whole time like you're talking about me. <laughs> I think that's why the three of us are so turned on about this and have been the space holders for the EHP collaboration group because it fits with our lineages and it fits with our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I heard now Naomi wanted to share something. Yes, please let's keep this hot and keep this going. I really feel like it's the time somehow. Mm -hmm. So I would, and I would love to do this with you. Uh, yeah, and create yeah. something. And, and by creating something, you mean? And I feel mad because I didn't. And by creating feelings work for people who are new to feelings work. Yeah, but like in the training that we offer. Yes. Money. And yeah. Okay. Yes, <laughs> you yeah. heard it right. Yes. Okay. There's so much about. Oh, no, I needed that clarity because. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, when are we starting? <laughs> now. We already started. <laughs> we already started. Okay. I have to go to my next space, but if you continue here, I will watch the video, and yeah. I, I am like I'm booked for this time next week with you, and okay. we'll be in touch in the Telegram group probably before that also. Okay. Oh, I miss you already. Oh, me too. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole.